Jen Silvernagel, how are you? I'm good, Gary McGowan. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. We took a week off, but we got some good stuff. We did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had to. It was family reunion. <laughs> there That's... was no time. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, today's show is going to be about the family reunion recap with some ahas and some pretty amazing news coming out of family reunion. And uh, more importantly, the info that we we took down and notes and notes and notes on how uh, it can serve and support agents and help build and support to build their businesses. So let's roll the intro, Jen. Let's do it. Okay, so family reunion. It was last week and it ran for basically four days. It was three and a half days or so, but but we call it four days of of basically nonstop information overload. Like it's yeah. it's it's there's the old comment drinking from a fire hose. What's more than that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't just dive in right into the fire truck. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, there was just so much, whether you're a brand new agent or you've been in the business for, you know, 30 plus years and you're still rocking it. There's, there's something for everybody. And, uh, I think Jen, this, this was maybe the sixth or seventh family reunion I've been a part of. How about yourself? Yeah, I was trying to remember this the other day. Um, I've got to be at, at eight or nine, if not 10 at this point, um, I can't remember, and I've missed a few along the way, but I've, it's been a while. I, I mean, I, my first family reunion was New Orleans in 2008 or nine, maybe. And it was when Gary Keller was still, you know, teaching Quantum Leap um, himself. Like, and we were sitting in this auditorium. There was like maybe 20 people there. It was, it was this unplugged like situation. And I remember being told, like, if you don't go to anything else, make sure you go to that. And it was totally worth it. It's, it's, uh, it's ingrained in my brain as just a really cool memory. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been a while and, and there's, it's been family reunion has changed a lot, obviously with being virtual this year, completely different, but even over the the trajectory of time, it's gotten so much bigger, um, so much more new content, new speakers, a bigger range of information and a bigger, like, you know, options on who you want to listen to and how they present content. So it just keeps getting better really. Yeah. So we should probably give the people that don't know what we're talking about a little little capsule of what we are talking about. So, uh, yes, Family Reun Reunion is the Keller Williams annual um, agent convention, if you will. It's, it's a staple of, of what they do every year. And typically we all fly down to a warm city in the States and we're <laughs> nice and warm and we have some fun. But more importantly, Typically, anywhere from seventeen to twenty thousand agents show up and and uh, you know build 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 with information and connecting with people and they have some amazing breakout sessions. Uh, it's I've never have met anybody that has gone to a family reunion that didn't get anything out of it, like, even if it's just right. one little nugget that's altered your business. Uh, it's well worth the investment and time. Yeah, I, I mean the the challenge with it is it's it's not the guarantee of of how how good it's going to be or that it's going to change your business or your mindset or even just give you that energy to get back in and work hard and show up. 
it's coming home and then implementing what you take away from it. That's the challenge. Cause sometimes it's just, you know, there's just so much or you, you fall back into your old routines, but I have notes from years going by that I still keep because I know as eventually I will actually go back and read it. Um, and it reminds me of like just the little nuggets that you picked up along the way. Right. And I had to learn somewhere of somewhere in the journey to just focus on those one or two things and focus on implementing those in that year in my business to actually do it. Otherwise it just, you just didn't get it done. Right. And it was, it's just, it's a wealth of information. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So Jen, I, uh, I didn't tell you this, but I got a little minute and a half promo video of uh, a family reunion. They haven't, they haven't released the final promo video. We're all kind of sitting and waiting, uh, looking forward to watching that, but uh, let's roll the one that they did uh, just before it started here. Hello, Keller Williams. It's Marlise, your KWRA HQ correspondent here to walk you through some of the hottest new features of the Family Reunion digital platform. This year, the world's largest real estate training event looks a little different, but you can expect cutting edge vision, innovation, breakouts, and culture to prepare you to win the real estate market of today and tomorrow. Let's start with the exhibit hall, where you can find the exhibitor you're looking for based on the business problem you're trying to solve. And while you're bouncing around, you can keep up with what's happening on the maid stage thanks to the sticky video player that stays on the bottom of your page, even if you leave your virtual room. Just don't leave your physical room. We're also thinking way outside the Zoom box with interactive workshops, breakout sessions, master classes, and my personal favorite, game shows. But the real theme of this year's event is connection, and there are plenty of ways to do it. Connect with Gary and other headliners through emoji reactions in the general session chat. Connect with your fellow attendees and grow your referral network by bouncing around the new topic and role-based chat rooms. And connect with your friends and followers by recording and sharing custom video and photo content in the virtual social studio. All you need is an internet connection and a passion for growing your business. There's so much more that's going to set FR apart from any other real estate conference this year. Insights from the industry's biggest names, a library of video recordings you can access during or after the event, and the final round of the first ever KW Script Off Championship. But it's best if you experience it all for yourself February 15th through 18th by registering for Family Reunion today. See you there. So that was Family Reunion. Yes, it happened last week, but uh, I know a lot of our agents and, and I think we had about 60 attendees from our office, uh, Jen. Uh, jump in you still have access i believe until i think it's the second week of april uh to go and watch all those replays and trust me there there are some gems in there and we're going to talk about that now uh jen i know you you jumped in on a bunch of stuff and, and so did i we got lots of notes and different things that we know that can uh help agents build build their business out or fine-tune their business or create more time i mean there was all sorts of stuff. So what jumped out at you? I mean, that's kind of a broad question, but what, what <laughs> jumped out at you last week, Jen? Yeah. So um, I think the place I'm going to start. So I am a huge fan of Jay Papazan. Like I have been for years. He's one of my, my secret because he's, he's kind of low key. But when you hear him talk, he's just such a good uh, presenter and he's so knowledgeable. I just love hearing him talk. And so. Okay. Time out. The- time out. I don't know if it's just him or I know many women that like Jay Papazan. Is it a thing? <laughs> Sorry, I'm calling you out. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's it's not like a physical thing. But anyway, he's just a great speaker. He and, is a uh, great speaker. He's a, he's a know, handsome man too. I'll, I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, he's got his yeah, stuff together. Yeah, right. yeah sorry. Yeah, I cut you off. Right. 
No, no, that's okay. I, that's so funny because usually when I say that, people are like, who? <laughs> so I think it's hilarious that you said that. Um, yeah, no, it's more about, I guess, he's just very knowledgeable and very well, well-spoken and always, you know, has a lot of insight and looking things differently that I like. It's, it usually comes from a different perspective on things. Um, but anyway, going back to where I was started. So I jumped in on a class where, about, uh, it was called Smart Business, Smart Database. And it was Gary Keller and Jay Papazam. And that one stood out to me um, at a really high level because of where they went with the conversation. And they focused a lot on not just on your database being important for your production, but on the fact that your database is your actual business, that that's actually what you own, right? And then how that, if you don't take care of it, if you don't maintain it and, and you don't feed it, as we say, that we can't turn it into anything tangible down the road. So without a, a good database, without one that we know our numbers, we know that it's going to produce a set amount per year or that our past clients are going to email us in five years and say, hey, I'm ready to list, let's talk. We can't sell that business. We can't retire from that business. There's no exit strategy. And it just was a great way to cement the idea that if you're not maintaining your database, you're not running a business, you're not a business owner. Right. You're simply just being transactional and, and potentially in relationship, just not in high level relationship. Um, and one of the things that we, they were talking about when they defined what a business was, the key sentence at the end of it was it has customers. And I love that because I was just like, I talk about this a lot in coaching when people are, especially with productivity, when people are first getting their license because they're like, oh, I have to do my buyer, my buyer presentation and my listing presentation, and I've got to get this organized and that organized. And I always try and say to them, you know, none of that really matters until you have clients to show it to, because you can have the best presentation in the world. But if you have no one to look at it, why does it matter? It's not important. Um, and I thought there was kind of a great reconnect to that concept of going your, your database, your relationships are priority and everything else follows suit right? It comes after that. It's it's value add, as they put it. And I just thought, what a great little moment of clarity around why we talk about our database as much as we do. And there was a whole bunch of other content in that class. Um, one of the other things, this is my other note that I took from it that I wanted to share. I have a bunch more and I'm happy to share them if people want, but it was the concept of cement and then saturate. And so they were talking about how do you build on your database. So once that name goes in there, how, what do you do next? What comes what follows that? And the first step is to cement the relationship. So there's a couple of different ways you can cement it. One is, you know, if you tell people, Hey, I'm a realtor and this is what I do and I want to work for you. And you cement it that way from a business relationship. Another one could be that you help them buy their first home. So it's this pivotal emotional moment and you're a part of it. If you're a part of that journey, that relationship is cemented. Now it's up to you to maintain it, right? Or helping them through, you know, a, a time in their life that is challenging or whatever that looks like. Um, and then it's saturate after that. So cement it first, get it locked in and then saturate by consistent connection. Right. And, and I thought, yeah, that's why we have eight by eights and 12 by 12s and all of those touch programs and smart plans and command that we have to allow us to do that effectively. Um, and it was just a great reminder of, you know, when we talk about go back to the basics, the basics is your database. Who are you in relationship with and how how does that relationship stand up right now? If you were to call them. Right. What would that look like? So, yeah, that was that was my my first one. <laughs> that's a lot there. And I don't know if, if people. <laughs> 
caught what you said at the beginning, what was kind of your main aha, but yeah, your business, a, a great business has customers. Yeah. Like that, that, that in itself is, is like a whole, if your business doesn't have customers, what exactly do you have? Yeah. You've got a supply of product <laughs> with nobody <laughs> to buy it. Um, and you know, in this, in, in this market, we don't even have a supply of products, so you don't have a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was such a, a key point to make, right? If you don't have clients, it doesn't matter what your marketing looks like. It doesn't matter what your deliverables are. It doesn't matter what your value adds are, what your technology is. None of it's relevant if nobody's using it or looking at it um, or, or coming to you as the expert or the resource that they're connected to, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love, you know, as we're talking here, kind of sharing some of the ahas that we had, uh, feel free to write in the comments, you know, ahas that are coming to mind as, as, we're, as we're talking here too. Uh, you may not have had the opportunity to take part in, in, in family reunion or perhaps the individual uh, breakout sessions that Jenna and I did, but certainly drop in the comments um, what's kind of hitting uh, home for you. Kind of dovetailing into that a little bit, Jen, sort of, is, is one of the, the, the sessions that I took part of was win the competitive advantage. And they did, they did a panel of listing agents and a panel of buyer agents. And the listing agents were the top agents in KW and same for the buyer. Like we're talking, they would sell thousands and thousands of units every year. And yet, just like everyone else, uh, remember it's all scalable. They're all uh, struggling with, as you just mentioned, the product listings. Right. And, and the one, the one, one of the agents, one of the ladies said, you know, we were looking at this and talking about it and she runs a big team and, and it was tough to keep our team uh, a motivated and excited. And all of a sudden they just kind of had that, the light bulb went off and, and she said, what if we just reverse our inventory? And we, and, hmm. and it kind of stopped everybody. Right. And yeah. we're always, we're always listing heavy, listing heavy. And the thought was, you know, we have all of these buyers, a tremendous amount of buyers. Let's reverse our inventory. What do buyers have? Well, majority of buyers have homes, which are mm -hmm. listings, right? And, yeah. and, and now what they're having, what they're doing is talking much more about the buyers that they have with their colleagues, different agents within the different offices and sharing what they're looking for, but also what they have. Right. Right. Meaning the listing that they have, that pocket listing. And not every day do you have to take your home to the uh, to, to the market to get multiple listing or to get multiple offers and to get the right. biggest bang for your buck. It's about. I, I'm upgrading my home or or moving or doing whatever I need to get this home sold so I can buy this one. And it's and, and for them, it was all about having the right conversations. And I love the terminology about reverse your inventory because it was just a mindset change, right? That's all it was. Yeah. yeah, it took me a minute when you said it. I was like, what do you mean reverse your inventory? That's really, that makes a lot of sense though, right? When we, we have those buyers that have product and we're lacking product, it makes perfect sense to kind of try and get those connects going on. And, and what a great way to create a, a a private market, right? For lack of a better word and, and create potentially an even better opportunity for your clients. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. We, it's just, you gotta just think outside the box in these markets, right? And figure out how to, how to, how to do something differently, do what everyone else is not doing, as I like to say, right? Like, what is it that everyone else is not doing? Go do that. 
Yeah, go do that. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah, all part of that was uh, yeah, be a source of inventory. These are just some of the notes I wrote down. Um, the and Tim Heil went on to say, you know, and in a sense, we're doing that with with um, the agents within our office and the agents that are on Broker Bay, but almost becoming a mini MLS for the market, or right. for your own market center, your own brokerage, right, your own database, and and being able to connect with people like that. And mm -hmm. uh, so, if you don't. So for instance, here's something for you. Like if you've got four, five, 10, 20 buyers and you're not seeing the inventory, my question is, well, how many conversations are you having with agents even within your own office? Because those same agents typically have five, 10, 20 buyers as well. So let's start having more of those conversations. You know, pick up the phone or jump on, you know, your social media and start having those, those dialogues. But I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and it, it's, um, I love getting the, the the new ideas and bringing them back. And just like, it's so funny sometimes too, because you have this great idea, you pick up that little nugget and you're so excited and you tell someone else and they're so excited. And it creates this whole little like cycle of everyone just kind of getting into motion about something and creating that momentum, right? And sometimes that's all you need is just that push and momentum to get, to make something happen or figure something out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, what's what else uh, caught oh, your man, attention last week? It's so hard to narrow it down. One of the um, so there was another session with Carl Lieber and Gary Keller that I know you watched as well. And uh, I thought that was just enlightening. I really enjoyed that for multiple reasons. And this is a totally um, different topic, maybe than what you would think I would say. But I actually really enjoyed how Gary interviewed Carl. Um, and it was just something I was paying attention to. It's just, he very simply, if you actually watch the video back, he doesn't talk very much. He just asks a question very calmly and then just kind of lean every time he just leans back a little and then Carl just talks and then he waits till he's done and he's like, yep, exactly. And then he just asks another question. And I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. And um, just a, showing this, the high level of communication skill too right that he could he can speak to them like that and it seemed he's he was engaged and you could tell that he was engaged he was listening intently he never interrupted he never spoke over he never tried to get his point in um and i thought that that was really interesting because it was making me think about how how are we talking with our clients right are we hearing what they're really saying are we paying attention are we listening to them intently um or are we listening to make our next point, right? As we often kind of do to get to the result that we want. That wasn't where I was going with this, but it just popped into my brain. Um, but the point that Carl Liebert made that I thought was actually uh, really interesting or, or a, really, a really good one was the curse of getting big, right? He talked about as we grow, and I was thinking about our, our teams and when I was listening to this, that when we start to grow, we stop listening to each other. And we stop asking because we're so focused on what we think the right thing to do is or what we believe the right path is. And, and a lot of the time, if we slow down, and we just take a breath and we look at a problem that we're trying to overcome. And then we look at our people on the ground, right? The guys who are out in the market, the people who are working hard and either getting results or not getting results. There's a good chance that they can give you the answers if you're willing to listen to them. So when you hit a plateau in your business growth, stop and ask the people around you, 
what they think the answers are and then listen to what they're telling you instead of thinking that we already know what's best or as they phrased it, you know, what the ivory tower um, that they're up there kind of knowing, like telling us what to do or telling us what we should be doing when the answers are right in front of us and we're just not opening our eyes to see it. And I thought that was uh, relatively profound, actually. Yeah, I, I really like Carl <laughs> and I had not <laughs> had an opportunity to listen to him speak or see him before. That was my first experience. And for those that you don't know, uh, back in, um, I want to say either December or January, Jen, now I don't recall, um, Carl, Carl Liebert was announced as a new CEO of KWX, which is the, mm -hmm. the parent company of all the Keller Williams different companies. And uh, it, was a, it was a new, newly formed company. So it's a new position and nobody really knew Carl. So we, that was that. And, and this was the first opportunity that we got to see and hear him. And yeah, I was captivated from the moment that he started telling his story. Now, part of it is because he's got a sports background and played, you know, played at a very high level and with some, some people that you would recognize from the NBA, but, right. um, but, but yeah, he is a really great storyteller. You can tell a great leader and mm -hmm. uh, you can tell just within the short amount of time, uh, the leadership that, um, that he's provided, he's got a lot of, call them raving fans within KW uh, leadership because of his leadership style, which I thought was really cool. Really, really. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. That's what I got yeah. from that. Yeah. I, I love listening to him speak, to be honest. He just, he was so, he made such great points in, in such simple ways. And I thought, I loved that. I was like, I would love to be able to speak at that level or present my thoughts in that way. Right. He was just so, uh, well-rounded. And also, you know, what everything he said was really valid. He talked a lot too about how he enjoys being the underdog. Um, and he, he perceives, you know, in, in our industry that we're at Keller Williams is somewhat of an underdog um, in our, in our world. And he really liked that. That was one of the things because Gary asked him, why did he just, why, why did he pick KW? Like he had so much opportunity. Why did he pick Keller Williams? As, a, as his place to go to. And, and that was his reasoning that he loved the, the culture of it, of course, and, and what we had to offer and the vision that Gary had and what's, what has been and turned into so far. Um, but he also loved the idea of being the underdog because it gave you the ability to come from the position of power and strength without being noticed. And I thought that that was, uh, that was a really interesting perception to have of that role. Sometimes when we think of the underdog, it's like everything's against us. And he completely flipped it and actually said, you know, that's what gives us the power, that, it, that not people aren't expecting us to do the things that we're going to do. Yeah, I love it. I mm -hmm. love it. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm excited to see, uh, see more of them. And I think we're going to get that, that opportunity, yeah. obviously. Uh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, speaking of Jay Papazan, as you were earlier. <laughs> um, one of the things that I've always admired about Jay and his wife is uh, they spend a tremendous amount of their time uh, investing in different investment properties and understanding investment properties and understanding uh, maybe more importantly, wealth creation. I know we've talked about that here too on, on the different episodes here. And uh, so he and Gary kind of went back and forth in, in a session called uh, the seven traps between you and financial wealth. And right. I recommend everybody uh, go watch that. It, it was, uh, 
A, it affirms a lot of the things that you're doing and then also adds some of the things that perhaps you're not doing. And I know for me, uh, yeah, there is, there's a few things in there and, and whether it's, you know, creating wealth through, um, owning investment properties and having passive income, uh, they really looked at basically selling real estate as a realtor. Like that is their job. That's not creating wealth, hmm. right? It's, it's, yeah. it's what they do every day. Creating wealth is the opportunity, like buying investment properties, having some passive income and the different income streams and, and, and the big thing there. And, and they kind of went down the seven traps and the, it, the first one just knocked, kind of knocked my, my socks off. Cause I hadn't really thought about it before. Right. And, yeah. and, and I got it up here. The first one is, and, and then the, the phrase that they used was freedom number. So mm. the, the first trap here is not knowing your freedom number guarantees unhappiness. Okay. And, and I'm like, okay, where are they going with this? But really yeah, but in, in, in how they explained it was, you know, a lot of us perhaps, okay, we, we buy one, here, here's the screen. We buy one, then we want to buy five properties. Then we want to buy 10 and, and the number just keeps going and going and going. Or um, you do five transactions, 10, 100, 200, but you just keep going because you don't know what your freedom number is. You don't know what that financial uh, number is. So you can just stop and start to give back. And people often, they in, in all the interviews and the different conversations that they have, people would just work and work and work or keep buying and investing, investing, investing because they actually don't know what their exit is or they don't know their end game. And, and I thought that was kind of, you know, we always think about it, but to actually like write it down and, and reevaluate it all the time. Uh, yeah. I thought that was really a really great point to make. Really, really great point. Yeah, I love that. And you know, it's funny as you're saying it, it almost creates a sense of relief because it's like, oh, there is an end. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we're so focused on where we're going that we don't think about what the end is, what the exit is. And it's kind of nice to know that it's, it's not forever. You can make that decision and, and have that exit. I love that. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch here. I mean, we could do a whole hour session on this. Well, they did. So we could do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. that's, that's one that really jumped out at me that, you know, of the seven traps. Um, the, mm -hmm. the other one that I think anybody doesn't matter if you're, if you're buying properties or investing in the stock market or, or what have you, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your business or life today, but you know, understanding where your money goes is a big thing. And, and the one that I also liked was untracked dollars leads to dumb money. Mm. Right. We always talk yeah. about, you know, every, every dollar in or out has to have a label, you know, it, it's, you should never have money left over because it should be labeled as something. Right. And, and yeah. uh, I thought that was, that was that was a good one. Um, unchecked optimism exposes you to the unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I always uh, I always laugh as you're just making me think about this um, on you know so K on our KPA. So for the non Keller Williams people, it's a an assessment tool that we use at Keller Williams regarding job fits and role fits. And uh, on my KPA, it says I'm too optimistic to be a productivity coach. And it always makes me laugh when I hear about like, you know, unrealistic. And that's why it says you, you're so optimistic, you might not think about the things that could be a problem. 
Um, and, you know, you, you learn to adapt and, and understand that and implement it properly. But it's uh, it reminds me of that. It's the same concept, I guess, in theory, right? Just applied to, to finances. Yeah, it totally is. And you and I are very similar there. I'm very optimistic, too. <laughs> and for the people that are like, well, what if this and what if this? I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you're stopping me from doing what, what we should be doing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Little yeah. insight to me and Jen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I mean, that that session there, I highly recommend that session or reaching out to, to me and Jen for some of the uh, our notes on it. And and really, it's all about understanding, um, you know, the outcome, right? And, and having a plan. I mean, I, that that's probably where you should start first is having a plan, uh, knowing where you want to go to so you can plan towards that. In fact, mm -hmm. five, here's the five questions. We can give these really fast and then move on. Five questions to avoid the seven traps. And it's similar to our three questions when buying investment property, but they gave you two bonus ones. Uh, what do you want? When do you want it? How will you get there? How will you track along the way? And lastly, what will you do when you get there? Hmm. I mean, we could, Jen, you and I could coach to that all day. <laughs> all day. All day. And especially the how do you track part. I like that part because it speaks to my coaching mind. But yeah, uh, I love that. And what are you going to do when you get there? Right? Like, what's your purpose for it? Why? What's the purpose for the goal? It's just such an important thought to have. It's it's great to have goals. If you don't know why you're doing it, odds are you're not going to achieve it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. What, what else you got there, Jen? I got a couple other things here, but what else you got? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to share with you, this is my big aha takeaway moment from from the entire thing i love this and it came from a session with jason abrams which has the longest title that i've ever heard on a class it's called triple your business and love your life with a knockout value proposition <laughs> right? <Boom. It's> like, <laughs> i know right need some horns for that one <laughs> uh yeah and and here's the thing with this the, the takeaway that i got from it it's more of an it's more of an action um, task that you can implement into your business right away than it is a thought or a concept. Um, and it was, I didn't even take, I was so excited doing this. I didn't actually take the greatest notes, but I'm going to explain to you what I recall of the conversation. So Jason, they were talking about acknowledging your relationship with your database uh, as part of your value proposition and, and not only acknowledging how you want it to look, but where are you at right now? And so what they recommended doing was getting, uh, you're going to get two pieces of paper and you're going to write emotion, data, and service on each, on each piece of paper. And then on the first piece of paper, you're going to put area one in between transactions. So when they're not an active client and area two on the second piece of paper, when they are transacting. So when they are an active client, and then you're going to list on those categories, how um, how do you show up emotionally when they're not a transactional client? What data do you provide them when they're not a transactional client? And what services are you providing when they're not? And then do the same when they are. And what's going to happen is when you look at it and, and it will give you an indication of your database management and what you're missing from your business and where the gaps are and allow you to then go back and fill those gaps in. And then you can create your goals for what you want that to look like. So you can do the same ex exercise again with the same categories, but for where you want it to be. And then it's going to give you an exact range of what you need to do to get to that end goal. And I just thought that was 
so brilliant. I don't know why I was so befuddled by that, but I was. I was just like, this is, it's just so clear. It's so, it's such a simple thing to implement. And it's going to have the probably the biggest change on your business that anything could have because it's going to level up your database, right? Yeah, I think that's insightful, like incredibly insightful. The mm -hmm. um, so looking at that, what 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 do you think this the I know you had like kind of the three three items there, but uh, yeah, is is there one that's got more priority over the others, or they all work? They have to work together. They have to work together. The one that actually had the most emphasis was emotion. Um, and the reason for that being that that's actually your person to person relationship. So, you know, data, we can provide data, we can give them an, a monthly nurture plan, we can do, hey, here's the market update, just just listed, just sold, all of that stuff. That's all data, right? That's easy to do. Service, that's somewhat simple as well. You know, are we dropping them off leaf bags uh, in the fall because they're a past client? Are we giving them a list of our landscaper, our plumber, electrician, all that sort of stuff? Those are all services we're providing. Emotion is how are we showing up for them on a relationship level? How often are we engaging with them, right? Do we know what's going on in their in their world? When when things are happening, are we connecting and calling and saying, hey, like, congratulations on your, your grandkid or this just happened? Or when you, do you know something is going wrong and are you offering the help? And what sort of emotional connection do you have? And the whole the big part of the conversation led to, you know, the stronger the emotional connection, the stronger the loyalty, the more value to your database, right? Um, big picture when we kind of pull back out from that conversation. That that reminds me a little bit of what um, Tim Hiles said in one of the other sessions is having that emotional mm -hmm. connection to the database. And, and I know we've kind of heard this saying before, but, you know, facts tell and stories sell. Mm -hmm. right? And and that a lot, that gets you into that emotion uh, piece of the relationship for sure, right? And yeah. I, I thought that yeah. was a good reminder of you know, there's I I can stand here just like the rest of them and give you facts, facts and stats and stats and stats, but it's what connects it is is the stories and 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 that yeah. emotion for sure. Yeah, very very yeah. cool. Yeah, and there's certain things we can't change about what we do. Our our services, our industry is our industry. There are certain things that most agents are going to be doing and so how are you how are you doing more how are you showing up at a level beyond just doing a transaction or writing a deal and you know to get to that level you have to have that connection there has to be that authenticity and those above and beyond actions that come from a, a place of genuine care and genuine relationship for them to to land properly right yeah yeah and some of the um you know some of the cool things that come out of that are you know tremendous relationships like like it's a it's an incredible bonus right yeah. I, yeah. you know i have friends that we were we were just friends prior to actually transacting together and and doing and i and i done some business with them but now we've become great friends mm -hmm. like the, the whole industry uh if if you look at it from that perspective and not just from a transactional point of view um yeah. it's it's there's so many amazing different types of rewards yes. right and i and yeah. to me that's the best one money's yeah, money I, you know, we can go make money anywhere but <laughs> well i think that's just it you know you can make money doing a lot of different things um you don't get the insight into people's lives the way we do in any other industry i'm um, not at the level that we do right like i have clients like same thing that you know we started out as clients or we started out as somewhat friends or acquaintances 
Um, and you know, I, I'm somebody that I was the first person they told that they were expecting their first baby or the first person that told when they were engaged or who called and said, Hey, you know, we just lost a family member. Like you're a part of all of those pivotal moments in people's lives. And you want to be the person that they feel comfortable and trust in calling with all of those situations, good and bad. Um, and it does bring you into their world. It does generate authentic relationships that go beyond real estate. Right. And that's, that's probably my favorite thing about, about this business too. Um, you know, those are the good moments. Those are the, the good things that we, the reason we do this. So for all the realtors that say I'm doing this cause I want to help people, you know, that's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. So as we kind of wrap up things here, Jen, any, what like family reunion was like, Finish that sentence for you. What what was it for you this year? Do I do I have to use one word? That's really hard. Um, <laughs> it was it was invigorating, exhausting, and eye opening. I would say, yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. The, the exhausting piece that comes whether you're in person or online, and you truly yeah. do get out of it what you put into it. And and I know you and I were kind of chatting back and forth on a couple of days, and and. Sometimes the best thing I, I find is just to go, 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 go. The moment that yeah. you take a moment to stop, uh, you're done for the day. But yeah. Um, yeah, for me is is some of the new connections that that we were able to make. And um, of course, you know, even though it was only about a half hour session, but seeing Carl Liebert uh, and getting mm -hmm. to know him that way. And, and then just having some of those raw conversations with what's going on in the industry um, albeit it's not as, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for critical here as it is in the States with the whole, uh, Zillow, uh, confrontation and, and so forth. But I think as a Canadian real estate market, we would be naive to say that it's not as critical. Um, we, we can protect some of those relationships with our clients, uh, most importantly there. And if you're, you know, we don't have to go all into it right now, but if you are curious of what we're talking about. Uh, reach out to me or Jen. Uh, KW is standing up for the real estate industry and yeah. and what you know, protecting the agent and putting the agent first from that perspective, whereas uh, perhaps some other other companies are not. And uh, Gary Keller is leading that front and leading it with um, tremendous amount of passion and insight yeah. and and a plan. Uh, most yeah. importantly, so there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was interesting that way because there was a little bit of that dynamic that got brought in, which I don't remember a time when there's been such a significant outside element that's, you know, applied to our conference to the point that it was discussed at the level that it was. Uh, and, and I think it was important that it was so that we know where we stand and we know where our company stands in supporting us. Right. So there's a lot of fear around that. And I 100 percent agree with you. It would be naive to think that we're safe because we're in Canada. Very, very much so. Yeah. It might take a little longer, but it'll it'll happen here too. It will occur, right? It, that's that's where it's gonna go. And, and the, the best thing that we can do is protect our database, protect our data and protect our relationships. If we can do that, then we're gonna be okay, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so we, we got like another two minutes. So we'll get into this just a little bit. Is, you know, there's many, there's I can tell you there's many, many agents out there that'll say, you know, I, no one can out Gary me, for instance, or out Jen you, because you you own the, your relationships, right? And I own yeah. my relationships. And uh, it was Jason Abrams that said, actually, that's true. However, if we look back to the 50s, 
80% of the of homes that were sold were sold by an agent that you knew. And mm -hmm. it was a relationship that you had. Fast forward now, 45 to 50 years, that's down into the 40% the of the market now, which means somebody just might pick up the phone and bring in and interview five agents before they sell, or they're going to use some other online service. So your relationships mean more now than they ever have. So don't, yeah. don't just say, yeah, no one can out relationship me. Trust me. <laughs> it, that doesn't <laughs> matter anymore. So if you're, yeah. we keep saying this, Jen, if you're not talking to, to your database or as, as Jason Abrams says, your data bank, uh, somebody else is. Someone else is a hundred percent. And I mean, the amount of times that we've seen that happen with agents where, you know, they, they get shell shocked because they, their client, their past client of however many years, you know, there's a sales, there's a for sale site in their yard and, and the agent goes, well, why didn't they call me and, and gets offended? And a question that I heard, I don't even remember where it's been over the last couple of weeks. It could have been family reunion, could have been something else was, you know, if you were to look back over the relationship that you've had with that person over the last few months, how does, how does it land? Where does it stack up? Was it a good quality relationship or were you at, were you absent? Because if it's been more than a couple of months and you've been absent, that's on you, right? Yeah, that, that looks like a good spot to end, Jen. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but it's positive. It's positive. So please reach out to Jen or myself. We're happy to uh, share some of our notes and uh, direct you to uh, kind of help curate, if you will, uh, some of the sessions with the family reunion. They are there up, up until April and some tremendous amount of resources. So do dig into them. And uh, next week, we'll be back at our regular schedule time with, with some of the cool features that we've been launching with. So uh, for Jennifer Sil Silvernagel, I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody. And yes, I should have mentioned, Jen, we have a live podcast now. Much more information on that coming real soon. Yes. <laughs> Bye, Bye for now.